Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the latest episode of The Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Cy Wilmore. This is the second series of The Journey Podcast, where we're speaking to the writers and photographers who contributed to issue two of Journey Magazine. And as such, I'm joined by Mary Novakovic, a freelance journalist, travel writer and author based in Hertfordshire. Thanks for joining us, Mary. How are you today? I'm very well. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Bit bit miserable looking out the window at the at the weather it seems like winter is coming but but you know we can distract ourselves with a podcast hope uh, hope everything's going well for you should we we might as well just get straight into it perhaps you can tell us a little bit about yourself where you come from and how you got into travel writing right well I've been a journalist for about 35 years now wow. Very, wow. <laughs> I know very long time I'm old school and uh, <laughs> and I, I was at the BBC for, for, for quite a few years and I decided to um to go freelance in fact it was almost exactly 25 years ago that I went Fantastic. freelance yeah, long time. And I was doing various things at the beginning. I was finding different niches. I do, I do, I did a lot of TV writing. I TV I was a TV critic. Uh, I was writing about music. I was editing the Guinness Book of British singles for quite oh, a few wow. years. Yeah, loads, loads of different things. Writing about education, what have you. <laughs> and uh, it was when I was doing some a lot of my regular shifts at the Independent on Sunday, and I. I was always chatting to the travel editor, the, the lovely late Jeremy Atia, mm. and he'd say, we talk we talk about the Balkans because he loved the Balkans, and he said, you've, "You've got to write for me. Why don't you write <laughs> for me?" And I said, "I'd love to," <laughs> and um, so we I started doing travel writing, and uh, unfortunately, I never actually wrote about the Balkans for Jeremy because uh, he left soon after to go freelance. Sure. But I was um, I was just writing for you know, all the different editors that came along, and and then for other other publications. Fantastic. So obviously, uh, maybe your Croatian Serbian heritage background is something that kind of helped propel you into the world of travel writing, but it wasn't actually where you were writing about which destinations were you were you writing about first first off? What was your first? Press well, the trip? very first one I did, my, my first press trip was to Toronto wow. uh, for the Independent on Sunday. And it was uh, it was just like a 48 hours guide, really. 
and um, and after that I ended up doing a lot of France mm -hmm. because I would go to France quite a few times a year and that was a place I wrote about quite a lot and I think my first press trip to um, Croatia wasn't until 2004 oh, wow. when I did I know I know I, I said I'd done, I'd done loads of you know um, actually no sorry I've forgotten my brain's going uh, my first <laughs> press trip to, to the, what was Yugoslavia um, and there was still the rump of Yugoslavia was in 2001 when I went to Belgrade and that was the first time I had been there since I was there as a child wow. back in 1976 and that was um that was for the that was also also for the independent on sunday and that was that was quite an uh, interesting experience because the it hadn't been it was only 2 years after belgrade was bombed by by nato mm -hmm. and and the city was still very depressed and it was trying to pick itself up but it was very bittersweet for me uh, to go there i hadn't seen my family there for for quite a few years and and i was able to see um, my aunt and uncle and especially my aunt who the ones who looked after me when I was um, shipped off there in 1976 as a child, and and wow. she died. She died only a few years after that. So I was very, very pleased to be able to see her, and uh, and then Croatia was three years later, 2004, mm -hmm. when I was writing about uh, a walking holiday that had just been started by Headwater and in parts of Croatia, and I took my mother, oh, and uh, and she hadn't been there since 1980. So we had uh, we had a, a brilliant time exploring places that neither of us had been in Croatia, some of the islands in the Kavana Gulf and Puklenica National Park. We also had a, had a chance to visit old family and friends in the region of Lika, which mm -hmm. is where both my parents were born. That's fantastic. So, I mean, folks, if you're listening with a name like Novakovic, you had possibly assumed that Mary was from that part of the world. Um, but obviously, yeah, your Croatian-Serbian kind of background and heritage is, it sounds like it's served you quite well. And obviously, we can talk very, very shortly about a book. Folks, Mary's got a book on uh, on exactly that. But maybe we can talk about early times. Do you have any memories of your, your early days out in, in Serbia and or Croatia? I guess it was a while ago now. Do you have any kind of uh, memories of your time out there? Absolutely, yes. It was. I was eleven, and uh, and I was. My parents had sent me off for the summer because a lot of parents would do that, you know, sure. ship children off to the door country and spend time with relations and whatever. But I, I found it a massive culture shock because it was very, very mountainous and tiny villages in the middle of nowhere, and 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 it was very different for me. Um, and it was hard work to begin with, um, <laughs> and uh, and I had to relearn the language, which I thought I had spoken quite well. It was it was my it was my crazy tongue after all but I realized that there was an awful lot of English that had um that had gotten into, got into my Serbian and <laughs> but I had to I had no choice but to but to learn it properly to to learn it and I and I was you know thinking in Serbian by the end of the summer and that was the best way to oh. to learn or to relearn a language is be thrown in the middle of it you know surrounded by people who don't speak your language at all and just get on with it and you know kids got brain you know sponge-like brains anyway you can normally do you can get quite far like that and uh, I found it quite tough and then I absolutely fell in love with with the region I fell in love with the landscapes and 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 just everything about it the rivers the waterfalls uh, the orchards the, the mountains and and it was just it's a place I've been revisiting ever since fantastic I mean as you say kind of uh how does the phrase go necessity is the mother of invention it it feels 
quite amazing, really, that as a, as a child, particularly, you are thrown into this into this world where basically zero people understand you, and you just have to absorb from nowhere this language, how to interact with people. And as you say, I'm sure you had, you know, a few words here and there, maybe a few kind of common ideologies or whatever, because of your common backgrounds and your common shared history. But it is quite a strange thing, as particularly as a as a grown as a grown up, let's say, to just kind of know how to find the words. It's very difficult. My, my I'll give you an example. My gran, uh, she's actually Polish, but she lived in England for for sixty years, and then she moved to Spain. And there's something about being a child when you are learning a language, let's say, that you're just willing to make a prat of yourself. You just have to say things wrong or stupidly or sound a bit idiotic. The thing with grown-ups is we're not very good at that. We we want to kind of we're proud, you know, we're proud and we don't want to sound ridiculous. And because of that, we don't have that ability to just get stuck in and give it a shot. And my nana, because of that now, she spent so long not really practicing and not really trying that when she does, she just says ridiculous things. So she's one little old lady and she wanted when well, she wanted to get two potatoes from the market and she ordered 10 kilograms instead of two potatoes. <laughs> just because the words are similar is it dos versus yeth something like this and and yeah. you just as a child you say you have to you have to just get stuck in it sounds yeah. like you've had a, a wonderful time kind of relearning let's say the language I, re I wish I'd spoken as well now as I did then and I, I still I still make my family just howl with laughter when, <laughs> when I I get all you need to do is get the one syllable slightly wrong and it's a totally different word yeah of course. and sometimes it's quite a rude word without you intending to be so <laughs> and I've I've come across a quite a few times instead of you know endless source of amusement to my family <laughs> well I mean we're talking about Croatia we're talking about your family Maybe it's probably relevant to talk about this, which is My Family and Other Enemies, Life and Travels in Croatia's Hinterland. Folks, this is Mary's new book published by Brat, which came out uh, about a month, six weeks ago, I believe. Perhaps 18th of August. Us. 18th of August. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Perhaps you could tell us a little bit about the book. Right. Well, it's it's a, it's, it chronicles about, about 43 years of my travels in Lika, wow. starting from the, that summer of 1976. And uh, and then subsequent visits until 2019, uh, which was the year before COVID hit, and that was the last time I was able to go to Lika. And uh, so the first um, the first couple of well, the first one I was there on my own in the summer with my family I didn't really know, and then the subsequent two visits were with my mother, and it was the 2009 trip, which was a, a three week road trip, and that was the one that wow. was. That was it forms the heart of the book because it um, we were there for you know, it was quite a long time and an involved time, and my mother and I didn't have a very good time of it. <laughs> in the end, it, it just reminded me of that um, that Terry Gilliam uh, documentary of Lost in La Mancha, when mm -hmm. he was trying he was trying to film the um, the the um, the Cyrano de Bergerac film and he failed at every turn. It was like <laughs> me trying to do this. Trying, to, I was actually trying to write my book then, yeah. and my mother just wouldn't play ball. All she just wanted to do was just <laughs> gossip with her mates. This is, and, oh, this is what mothers are like, right? I know, I know. And we just went a little bit off the rails at times, and uh, and we, I didn't quite realise that. I think at the time she was showing very early signs of dementia. Oh, um, so too. Yeah, which which is thank you, but which has you know progressed really rapidly since then. So we had a very cantankerous time of it, um, but then subsequent trips, I was able to go with my husband um, because we worked together. He's a photographer, I'm a writer. Mm -hmm. We travel so much together, and we just worked together like a team. 
and everything clicked and we accomplished things in two days that my mother and I couldn't do in three weeks. <laughs> and and we and, and and watching my husband fall in love with Lika as well was wonderful because you know he just he hadn't been somewhere quite like that before and, and mm. being in the midst of family who didn't speak English and he's picked up a few of the niceties, sure. um, but nothing not enough to have a proper conversation. Although, you know, we could speak the language of food, which he absolutely loved. And universal. Absolutely. So everyone's fluent in language of food <laughs> and and just all the visits since then and, and getting more stories and getting more of my family history and not just the Second World War history, which in many and which was quite tragic and quite horrific um, in, in, in my family's or maybe people in, in Croatia, ethnic Serbs and, and not just ethnic Serbs, but uh, other 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 groups of people, mm. uh, Jews and Roma, everyone was systematically um, murdered by the Ustasha forces who, who were part of the fascist government that was set up in 1941 uh, when Croatia was a, a puppet Nazi state. And so there was all of those stories to, to compile and to be in the places where they happened. And then also on these visits, getting the stories of family and friends who had survived the 90s war um, when Yugoslavia was falling apart. And it was it was... You know, obviously it was a privilege for me to be able to hear these stories but I also sometimes I couldn't go too deeply into them because I didn't want to upset these people they at the, at the their age now where they just they're not bitter towards their their Croatian neighbors they they just want to get on with life I, I think that's exactly uh, the book says uh the search for beauty amongst the bullet holes I believe I mean this is as you say it's had a very dark history as as much of that part of the world has and especially in the 1940s but ultimately it's it's a story of wonderful food it's a story of incredible people it's a story of just how much love you have for this country despite its dark times does that sound fair absolutely fair yes definitely it, it, everything that's sort of a, a holy trinity of what i love about the country the the, the food the landscapes and the people Mm. And uh, and every time I, I go, I discover more things and and it just reinforces the, the love I have for it. I mean, I love so many parts of Croatia are just stupendous. I love the Dalmatian coast. I love the, the Adriatic coast. I love the, you know, Zagreb was a fantastic city. And uh, and there's so much to the country. And but it's the hinterland. It's, it's the region of Lika that people don't really know mm. unless they've been to Plipica Lakes National Park. That's its main claim to fame, yeah, and yeah, but there's so much more to Croatia than that. Yeah. I mean, with I mean, there's so much more to Lika rather than than than, than Plitvica, and that's one thing I've been getting to know better over the years, not just the the areas where my parents were born. I mean, let's let's go into that a little bit because I'm sure people listening will, uh, you know, very well travelled audience. Plitvica, the lakes, folks. If if the name sounds familiar, but you can't think what it is, it's these beautiful turquoise cyan. Uh, lakes in the in the park i mean perish the thought of the word instagram friendly but that's the word for nowadays it is an absolutely phenomenal place to go and, and walk around and to see the the lakes and the waterfalls but there seems to be so much more to that perhaps you could pick out a couple of hidden gems of the region mary that that people maybe might not have heard of yes well the the, the river una uh which is one of the main rivers in, in lika it uh it runs Part of it forms a natural border between Croatia and Bosnia, wow. and I spent many happy hours swimming in in in, the, in its river, in the river and in waterfalls, and the Una National Park. You, um, the entrance is actually on the Bosnian side of the border, and it's oh, really wow. easy to, to, to get across. Yeah. 
and that was a national park only quite relatively recently and and that's where people have been discovering whitewater rafting the fantastic, fantastic. waterfalls there and and it's become this beautiful adventure playground and and with the whole i mean especially especially on the bosnian side although you can access it on the croatian side as well but the official entrances is across the border and mm -hmm. um, and that's just such a beautiful place to go and you can you don't have to do all the adventure stuff if you didn't want to you could just go walking and go swimming and and eating lots of fantastic rest, uh, restaurants oh, alongside the river and so that's one of my favorite places and also the the source of the of the una is actually just down the road from my aunt's from my, my uncle's house hmm. and that's one of those places where it's the shade of turquoise is something I've never seen anywhere else. It's just wow. so brilliantly, vividly blue, green. And um, earlier, I mean, decades ago, it was just a very rocky footpath to get to up to climb up, quite treacherous path as well to get up to the up to where the source is, where it's just incredibly deep and freezing cold. You don't go swimming in there. And um, and then over the years, I've noticed it getting more and more built up. Not built up, but they were building an infrastructure uh, so that you can um, wooden. Uh, staircases were, were being built into the path, um, observation decks and 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 picnic tables and and of course during the season you have to pay only a few pounds a few euros to get mm. to get in there, and I think you have to pay. I've been going here for years, <laughs> but <laughs> but you have to you know tourism you know costs money infrastructure costs money oh, absolutely. And I know obviously people who live there they'll find ways of not having to pay, which is fair enough. And um, but it was it's one of those things that you could just see it growing in a in a good way, having it develop in a way that people can access it more easily without having it overrun. Because Pete Pizza is very very over touristed. It, it, it's it does get extremely terribly terribly busy. And um, and other other parts is a um, there's a Grabovacha Cave Park. Uh, it's the only cave park in Europe. And that's that's one of the places that is is interesting to explore and 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 just again just following the roots of the rivers and and, and other lakes and where you don't people don't really know about it unless you um actually a lot of a lot a lot of people traveling from the continent you'll see them with their um, with their caravans and their camper vans mm -hmm. stopping at at these campsites that have sprung up in in all these little holiday cottages that um, that have been coming up more and more in in the whole region. Because people know that they've got this extremely huge and empty landscape and people want to come and enjoy that emptiness and that beauty. Wonderful. Uh, that, that's absolutely wonderful. Just to, uh, to talk practically for a minute, if we wanted to go to this part of the world, you know, I want to book a flight right now, to be honest. I want to go and see it. How would what's the best way to get there? Where would I fly to and, and how far is it from the airport? Right. Well, if you fly, uh, Zagreb is probably the easiest because it has the most regular flights Great. and it's from Zagreb to Plitvice. It's about a couple of hours, I reckon. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to go in the further southern region of Lika, then Zadar is the closest airport and that's about an hour and a half. But the, the flights there are very seasonal. OK, OK, fantastic. Wonderful. Um well, there you go, folks. A couple of hidden gems in the region. It feels like everyone goes to Plitvice and for obvious reasons, right? It is stunningly beautiful but hopefully a few hidden gems in the region. Um, something that we did just mention a few minutes back was the Dalmatian coast. Uh, and, you know, any excuse to plug Journey, so I'm going to take it. You've just written about the Dalmatian coast in issue two of Journey magazine. Could you tell us a little bit about that, a little bit about the story and, and how you got involved with the magazine? Yes, I was, um, in fact, it was, I, I met Cav, um, I think it was at World Travel Market and we were chatting away. He said, 
it would be great if you could write about Croatia for the magazine. I said, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to. I gave him a few ideas and then they came back and said, uh, oh, the idea of Šibenik is, is nice because it, it's one of the, the major towns or cities really along the Adriatic coast. But people don't really know about it as much as they do about, they know about Split and Zadar and, and obviously Dubrovnik because it, it, it's set within, uh, you have to go through a narrow channel if you're going by sea and then it's in its you know this the harbor mm -hmm. so cruise ships can't dock there oh, which well. is brilliant yeah, yeah personally and uh but then people she is quite often on on the tourist trail briefly while they go up to Kuruka national park yes of which course, is yeah. yeah so people would, would then get buses from Shibunik to go up to Kuruka to go up to Skaradin and then they'll take a boat through Kuruka, uh, which is a stunningly beautiful place to go. I recommend that highly. It gives people so a run for its money. Yeah. And uh, but she, people, a lot of people, they just sort of overlook it. They'll just sort of go go through it and maybe maybe have a a wander through the town and get an ice cream and then go elsewhere. And, and it's there's so much more to see. And and it's also it was a, a Venetian town uh, as well, so it's all wonderfully higgledy piggledy and just Fantastic. narrow little cobbled lanes and. You just get lost and you just enjoy yourself. You just enjoy drifting and, oh, another little cafe with these tables tucked away in this little tiny little lane. I think I was top for lunch. And, um, and they've got these beautiful fortresses as well. And two, uh, three of them actually in, in the top of the city itself. And then another one on the other side of the harbour. And, uh, and they're all just beautiful places to visit. And, and the atmosphere, oh, it's Dalmatia. It's all laid back. So yeah, uh, Sign me up. I mean, that sounds... That sounds wonderful. Just again, to be kind of practical for a minute, tell us a little bit about how I might get to Sibenik is, there's obviously accents on it, folks, but if you're going to Google it, it's S-I-B-E-N-I-K, I believe, mm -hmm. pronounced Sibenik, but I guess it looks like Sibenik to a English speaker. And if that's what you're going to Google, then that's that's the spelling thereof. Um, how would you get there? What's the easiest way to get there? Um flying into Zadar again was it uh, no uh, uh split is actually closer split, than, than 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 uh, than Zadar and they've got buses direct buses from from split Fantastic. to Shibunik. there's actually a very good bus network in in Croatia um the trains unfortunately don't go any further south than split okay. um but uh, but buses are very good and if you just want to do a city break in in Shibunik, it's very straightforward you can just fly into split and get the bus and come Wonderful. back and, and while you're in Shibunik, you can then get the coaches that go up to to Kuruka. and it's also worth trying to get um, some of the tours in some of the wineries in oh, the region. Wow. Yeah. There's a town called Primoštin, which is before you get to Šibenik, and uh, one of the big wineries there is one of the big grape varieties. It's called Babic, and um, I mean Croatian wine is fantastic and terribly underrated, mm. and it's not 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 a lot of it is exported, so you have to go to the country to drink <laughs> it, which is such oh, an okay, arduous thing to do. Oh, I know. Nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so checking out the wine there is another really good thing to do. Fantastic. Again, this is something that maybe people who've had the opportunity to go to Croatia, such as obviously you and myself, the wine is phenomenal. The food is phenomenal. But I mean, when you think of incredible seafood, uh, it's not quite as as on the map as as many places in that area. I mean, Mediterranean Sea, everyone thinks of maybe Italy, of course, Greece, of course. And Croatia's just not quite there. And in some ways, that's a wonderful thing, right? But, I mean, the food, I was there for two weeks not too long ago, and the food is second to none, and people don't really know that. Mm, that's right, yes, absolutely. All along the coast, it's lots of fresh fish and, um, you know, grilled, or you've got, you know, these big fish stews as well. You have wow. lots of shellfish. 
um, everything you know. Oh, back to oysters. One of the mm. some one some of the best um, type of oyster is in is from is in Ston, in in the Pelishats Peninsula, just north of Dubrovnik, and they are just lovely, absolutely delicious. And and uh, and I eat those whenever I can. <laughs> um, and and just that they'll they'll just you know they'll just simply grill fish. And one of the things that you have with it is a, is a side dish called blitva, which is Swiss chard cooked with um, with potato and garlic. Until it all becomes a sort of a slightly, slightly mushy mess, but it's delicious. It <laughs> <That> sounds <laughs> absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. And, it's, and, and just and just you know, um, yeah, um, oh, octopus. Oh gosh, I absolutely love octopus. They'll have octopus salad. They'll have grilled octopus. They'll have octopus cooked very slowly under uh, under a pecker, which is another way of cooking meat very slowly. It's a cast iron bell shaped pot, which is is topped is covered. Uh, with hot embers and it's sitting on hot embers and it's cooked very very slowly for hours and that's make it like it's its own little oven and that's the most delicious way of cooking um, you have lamb and you have veal shanks and pork and the vegetables that you eat with it are cooked with it all together and a few hours of this and it just falls off the fork it's oh, delicious I knew I was going to regret not having breakfast before this conversation <laughs> I'm absolutely ravenous now um well, there you go, folks, a quick uh, a literal flavour of Croatia. Um, and you can read more about Simonik in Journey Issue 2. Shibinik, I should pronounce it correctly. Sorry. Thank you, Mary. Shibinik. Uh, you can read more about that in Issue 2 of Journey, which is available, of course, at journeymag.com, J-R-N-Y-M-A-G.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mary, let's move, uh, kind of start looking towards the future, as it were. What are your next trips? What are your next stories? What are your plans for, let's say, the rest of the year? Right. Well, in um, I'm off in two weeks' time to Belgrade, Fantastic. which I, I I used to go to at least once a year uh, before COVID hit, and then of course I couldn't because that was one of the countries where it was it was either you, it was impossible to go to. Of course. And of course. and I'm and I'm going to be going there, uh, and um, and that's that. I'm looking forward to that because I'm going to be there the same time that the Euro Pride march is on oh, wonderful. so even though they are trying to uh to um cancel it the authorities mm. you pride is saying no not your event to cancel we'll still be there and so shall i <laughs> i'm wonderful. really looking forward to that absolutely and uh and after that I, i'm not quite sure I'm, I'm doing a lot of promotion with my book i am actually hoping to try to do another another trip to lika um be in some time in october before the snows come uh, because <laughs> when the snows do come, they they do it cuts off a lot lot of the, the mountain roads. You just you can't get anywhere. Although Pleitvice in the winter is phenomenal. It's just mm. absolutely beautiful. It's all icicles hanging everywhere. 
lots of snow, absolutely beautiful. Um, so that's that's apart from that, I don't quite know what's going to happen for for the rest of the year. Well, exactly as we said, kind of before we started recording, the uh, folks, if you you know, if there are any authors out there or any budding authors out there, I had a wonderful conversation with uh, Lottie Gross, who's also worked for Journey, about her new book, Dog Friendly Weekends, and we kind of intuitively in my and at least in my opinion feels like once you've written the book once you've got the book published once it's on the shelves it feels like the hard work should be done and that's just the absolute opposite i've learned partly through my time obviously speaking with people like mary and my work at brat guides um the hard work is is just beginning really right mary the the promotion i know you've had plenty of um events that you've talked at and you know you've just been at stanford's is there, it's just a whole calendar of promotional events still to come, I believe. Is that right? Yes, yes, it's, it's, it's getting there. I've got a, a, a brat talk for the Travel Club. I've got one for the RGS at some point in the autumn as well. And uh, and we're trying to get some more installs organised. And, and that's just for me physically doing things. And of course, I'm, I'm, I'm writing features off the back of it, uh, off the back of the book as well. And and just keeping an eye on on, on what's what's happening with sales and 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 just having to do my own social media, you know, sort of shouting to everyone, buy my book. <laughs> here it is. Here's, here's another review, and here's another uh, snippet of it, and here's somebody else loving it. And and uh, so, unfortunately, it's now going to be um, shameless plugging for. I was just God about to ask where can people <laughs> yes. where can people find the book? What's the best place for them to find it online, or or in, in is it in I think Shaft said about his book, it's available in all good bookstores and several bad ones. Is that about true for this? <laughs> yes, well, pretty much so. Yes, <laughs> it is. It is available. You, you can you can get it. I mean, if you if you go to the websites of all the major bookshops, you, you go to you know uh, Waterstones, Foils, W. H. Smith, um, Blackwell's, um, and oh, Stanford's, of course, there's a load of Stanford's. I just signed a a, a bachelor um, yesterday. Wonderful. And uh, and which other retailers are there? But anyway, so they're all there. And of course, you can get on Amazon. And there's a Kindle edition on Amazon as well, so you can um, you can you can find it everywhere. Fantastic! Just to reiterate, folks, it's my family and other enemies: life and travels in Croatia's hinterland. That's by Mary Novakovic. Available in all good bookstores. Wonderful. Um, I guess we start kind of moving slowly but surely, moving towards the end of this, Mary. The, this end of the end of this conversation. But let's start with kind of, uh, or let's end, I should say, with. Uh, for people who are listening who might be budding authors, might be budding travel writers, freelance journalists, what advice would you give to somebody starting out in the industry? Well, it depends on if you, what you want to write about and for whom. If you want to write travel articles for uh, travel, you know, travel sections of new, newspapers, it's, it's a very difficult thing to get into. Uh, not, of course. And, and it's hard to sound um, optimistic because, you know, budgets are shrinking all the time and, and there are a lot of a lot of people clamoring to write and not as many spaces uh, there. It's just a case of, of the right story that only you can write. Interesting. If, if somebody wants you to write, you know, you have a story about a particular country, why are you the person to write it? And what angle have you got that other people wouldn't have? What, what, what approach would you take to it? Definitely. And, and yeah, people, it, it's, it's, as I said, it's been a long time since I had to go through this, although I still get I still have plenty of publications that I, I email and I never, ever get a response. Yeah, even though, even though we, we know of each other, but they just, you know, they just don't respond to emails. It happens. People are over, inundated. Inboxes are overflowing, so they can't read everything. Um, I think the uh, I think the idea of doing a, a book is slightly different because 
if you do have some sort of travel travel log that you can that you think you can you can develop into a, a narrative that can sustain itself over say seventy five thousand words or something like that, then there's nothing stopping you from developing your idea and coming up with something that you think you could then take to an agent. Mm -hmm. And the best resource for that is the Writers and Artists Yearbook. Absolutely. Because that lists all the old agents and what they are looking for. And also things like Twitter, trawl through Twitter and look for agents. Agents do call outs occasionally. Look at the writers that you that you admire and go into bookshops and look at their acknowledgements and see who their agents are. Interesting. And who their publishers are and and see where where your idea might fit if there is a, a niche that is hardly that's hardly filled and hardly anyone writes about Croatia for example there are hardly no. any travel logs about purely about Croatia and next to nothing about Lika that's so true. I had a, an enormous niche that was nearly empty um, and and so that's if you find something that you can write about that you think you can sell then that's one way of going about it Fantastic. I think, yeah, kind of a, a lot of maybe what my corporate friends would, would call finding the right niche. Lord knows there are hundreds, if not thousands of, of journalists, particularly freelancers, who can write a phenomenal story. Mary and I know some of them very, very well personally, and they are phenomenal writers. And there are phenomenal writers all over the world. But as Mary says, folks, I think there's something to be said, or there's absolutely something to be said for why why can you do it better than anybody else and that is actually a huge part of i would say at least there's a huge part of being a travel writer is knowing why your writing is the most suitable not just doing the writing in the first place if that sounds about right mary mm -hmm. absolutely yes as, as as every editor says why are you the person to tell this story exactly right you mentioned twitter let's kind of let's deal with the social media stuff tell us uh, how can people find you online twitter facebook website and all of the above Right. Well, I'm on Twitter as Mary underscore Novakovic, and I'm on Instagram as Mary Novakovic, and I recently joined TikTok. Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, I, I haven't know, managed that yet. I know. It's, I'm, I've, I've, I think I've done four posts. It's just one of those things that I was told, oh, if you have a book to, to promote, join TikTok and oh, hashtag book talk everywhere. And, I, and, and so that's Mary Novakovic as well. And um, you can go along and have a giggle at my, my sad little videos, which <laughs> <laughs> what I'm doing and um I'm not sure it's... anybody knows what they're doing on TikTok oh, really oh, right? no 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 they do they oh, do no, oh, am that I, I stand is... corrected is no, it... yep I'm I'm well well behind and it's a massive it's a massive uh source now it really is wow and um and if you go to my my linktree site uh which is just linktree slash Mary Novakovich mm -hmm. and that has again all the the out the online um the websites of bookshops that you can order my book from and also my 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 um, portfolio website Fantastic. and um yeah i haven't got a public facebook page only a private one but twitter is the easiest way to find me mary underscore novakovic on twitter right yeah fantastic i think that is just about all we've got time for folks um thank you so much for joining me mary you've been listening to mary novakovic thank you thank you mary appreciate it it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. One final plug. Uh, My Family and Other Enemies, Life and Travels in Croatia's Hinterland by Mary Novakovic is available from all good bookstores. You've been listening to The Journey Podcast, which is available at journeymag.com. That's J-R-N-Y-M-A-G.com or wherever you usually access your podcasts. I'm Cy Wilmore and thanks for listening.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.